in three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bleep Are They Talking About? The podcast where we help you understand what everyone is talking about in the news today. I'm Jack. I'm Jennifer. And before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe and share this content with everybody. And don't forget to like all of the social media or follow all of the social media down below. But remember, don't follow people in person because that's really creepy. Please don't do that at all. And today on the podcast, we are talking to another third party that you might not have heard about. And with us is Mark. Is it Mark Cardanos? Cardenas. Cardenas. See, that's yes. how I would have said it, but okay. <laughs> we are notoriously terrible with names on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. If you're talking with my Puerto Rican mother, it'll be Cardenas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. You know, but growing, you know, growing up in Minnesota is just straight up Cardenas. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, Mark, you're with the Reform Party, correct? That's right. The Reform Party of Florida. Uh, we are affiliated with the Alliance Party, which is a national uh, third party. And, uh, and so we're connected that way. And so what's the difference between kind of the Reform Party and the, the Alliance Party? So the Reform Party has been down here in Florida for quite some time. And the Reform Party is a national uh, third party a, a, as well. And the Reform Party of Florida was part of that national party. Uh, last year, we split off from the Reform uh, National Party and joined the Alliance Party. And so we're uh, aligned with them nationally, but we're holding on at the time being, we're holding on to the Reform Party uh, name down here in Florida for registration purposes and, and things of that nature, which is the whole ball game down here mm -hmm. in Florida. And uh, so we're, we're holding on to the, the name to not sort of cause that sort of re, uh, the, the need to re, uh, register everybody at this point it'll probably come sense. down the, in the in the future but for right now we're just holding on to it how long is that registration process or is it like really complicated and that's kind of why you don't want to no it's road? it's very straightforward it's just a matter of reaching out to everyone that's part of the uh, that's currently registered under the reform <laughs> party you know and getting them all uh ready to flip on over and so we we just want to make sure that that's coordinated that that's seamless and that we have a way to make sure we get a hold of everybody and that we don't do it in the midst of an election cycle that is going to cause a bunch of confusion. Mm -hmm. uh, so how did you kind of get started with, with the party? So I recently moved down to Florida here about two years ago for work. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was up in Minnesota and with the Independence Party of Minnesota. Uh, and I was with them for uh, about five, six years, uh, managing third party uh, elections and with the, the party leadership up there in Minnesota. Uh, the Alliance Party, uh, probably in about 2018, 2017, had come into town and was just getting off the ground and was looking to gather different third parties from across the country underneath their banner. And that's where I first ran into them, was up in Minnesota. And Minnesota is part of that, uh, of the Alliance Party uh, right now. And so when I uh, moved down to Florida, uh, I asked, you know, if there was a uh, the, the Alliance Party for me to jump into here mm -hmm. and uh, landed uh, with the, the Reform Party because they had been talking with the Reform Party of Florida before I had moved down here and uh, was just 
just sort of getting them on board. And so I came in right at the transition time, uh, which, okay. which ended up working you know, pretty well. So have you always been a third party candidate or maybe like back in the day, did you align more yeah. with the Republicans or the yeah. Democrats or? Yeah, like like most folks, uh, you don't come out of the gate as a third party candidate yeah. or a third party supporter. You usually start in one of the, the two camps as we normally inherit a lot of our political leanings from our parents or uh, for, you know, for, uh, family. And uh, so I was a Democrat being from Minnesota uh, and spent uh, a lot of uh, volunteer hours on several different campaigns all the way all the way back to uh, the, you know, the days of, uh, you know, in the 80s and, and such doing, you know, selling T-shirts and doing phone calls when I was like 14 and, and such. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the Mondale Ferraro ticket, that was, that was, uh, that was me. And uh, I was, you know, carried the only state that, uh, you know, that got, got it across there in that election. But uh always had been uh, leading Democratic um, and in that camp until uh, probably in my 30s is when I started to drift away from the, the Democratic Party as a whole. And what was kind uh, of the what kind of pushed you over and away from the Democratic Party? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think the in general, it was the fiscal piece mm -hmm. of the uh, equation. Um, it, it no longer had been um, uh, in the, the, the camp of uh, having everything given given to you, uh, and, and having to uh, earn your way and, and pay your fair share, uh, that sort of uh, moved me farther away from the, the Democratic Party. And uh, so then, in uh, probably about 2012, 2013. Or something during the uh, the Obama administration. That's when I, I went ahead and flipped at that point over to the, the the third party. Do you think it had anything to do with kind of just getting a little bit older? Because I know there's some statistics out there that show mm -hmm. as you get older, you become a little bit more conservative in a way, mm -hmm. uh, at least in the in the fiscal department. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say that there's probably two things that were really in my in my head is that I was looking to become much more politically engaged at, at that time. I had, you know, I was no longer working three jobs and I actually had some free time. <laughs> and uh, so I, I wanted to become a little more politically engaged. And with the the two major parties it's very difficult to get a foothold in a uh, a place where you can make a difference um, you know sure they'll bring you you know into the into the room and they're more than happy to take your check and they'll uh, you, you know call you up when they need folks to go door to door and, and do th you volunteer and do things like that. Mm -hmm. But to be sitting at the table, making decisions and driving the agendas um, for the party, that is a closed door. It is very difficult to get in there. And mm -hmm. that was one that was one of the main reasons that I had I had moved away from the Democratic Party. Um, and uh, th then along with the, the positions on, on fiscal responsibility, um, and, which I agree with you, as you as you get older and, and such, you tend to, I, I think, get more conservative um, in general. And 
and so that was just a natural progression. So I found myself, uh, you know, looking for another outlet. And uh, w one of my very good friends up in Minnesota had been uh, part of the Independence Party for ever uh, since the uh, you know the '90s. So he's been in about 35 years now, and uh, had always been trying to get me in in the door with the Independence Party of Minnesota. And so I I caved and finally went on over, and uh, it was a good choice. I've been very happy as a as a third party. Do you feel like you're being listened to a little bit more rather than you know having the, the main parties just asking for your money every couple of years? Right. Yeah, and that was the main. Um, I, I think one of the main. How do I put it? The, the the change that you saw, the fastest was how much of an impact you actually could have in a short period of time. And uh, being able to uh, sit down and uh, and speak with folks and uh, have them have them listen to different ideas and be open to those ideas and push push uh, stuff forward. And that's something we try to do here all the time. That's why we started doing these podcasts. So last week we talked with the who did we talk to the centrist party? No. That's not what they're called. Yes, I'm forgetting. But we like to have that open and honest conversation with different people, with different perspectives, because we know that just because we have a list on our website that says what we want to do, we know that not every single one of those is correct. And there's a variety of perspectives that we haven't taken into consideration. So that's one of our, one of our catchphrases is, you know. Um, we love being wrong. We love being wrong. And there's no good ideas just on the left and the right. Absolutely. Kind of have to mix them together to get to the best possible solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we yeah, we saw on the on the website as well that the national convention, I guess, was over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Is that like something where where people or the members are encouraged to like really go out and and give their opinion on the direction the party is headed, or what does that kind of look like? Well, for the um, you know, for the reform party, if that's what you're talking about, their nat their national yeah. convention, I'm I'm not sure where where okay. that uh, that that connection was. The alliance party hasn't had a, a convention for this year as okay. of, as of yet, um, but for uh, for the alliance party, it, it's sort of a progression that that happens throughout the year. Um, there's a lot of um, discussions that are happening from the top down to the different states as to what sort of things are we um, uh, putting in a like national agenda, so, so to speak. The Alliance Party, though, wanted to do a couple of things uh, slightly different um, than the, the, the two major parties. Um, one was that they didn't want to have a... Um, I love that. <laughs> do a uh, uh, sort of a litmus test for any of their candidates or any of their state um, affiliates. Uh, and they wanted to have some positions that the, that the whole party would, would gather around, but they understood, like you were mentioning, you know, that there are different answers for different situations. And you know, the one thing that I think we can always all agree on is that the, uh, you know, depending on what state you're in, right, there, there is very different Things that are happening that mean more to people than than, uh, than other things, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. So if you take a look at you know Florida, right, you're you're going to have conversations, you know, about uh, 
the environment with all the, the oceans and, and everything uh, from a uh, standpoint of how that impacts the economy here in Florida. You're going to talk about travel. You're going to be talking about the, the service industry much more in, in Florida than you are in Iowa where it's going to be agriculture and those those types of discussions and so trying to paint a um you know with a broad brush that these are the things that we as a party all believe in i I think is a a false place to start i i think we should just understand that there's differences by each state and different needs for each state and we should concentrate on the the things that we do all agree on um but it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all it, it, it just sure. won't um, the the example I, I often uh, often use is that you have your circle of friends that are, are very close to you and there may be one that you are in lockstep with that you agree with everything that comes out of their mouth and there's no arguments that ever happen between the, the two of you but that's probably not the case with most of your friends yeah. most of the case it's probably like you know 80 percent you guys are, are fine, you know, but then there's 20% where you got you guys are just not on the same page. But you're still friends be, mm-hmm. because 80% of the things you agree on, and that's the way that we like to approach politics, is that there's going to be things that we do not agree on altogether. But that shouldn't stop us to move forward with the yes. 80% of the things that we do agree on. If we just mm-hmm. spent more time working on those things versus focusing on the items that we disagree on, we can move the the, the needle and, and move things forward. Completely agree. That's almost like something we talk about all the time. All the time. So the big issue right now is getting the budget resolution through. And my main thing is stop putting everything into one bill because if you start voting on each individual policy that's in that bill, they'll likely get a lot more through than they otherwise would not get through because they don't want to vote on the whole package. Mm -hmm. So kind of like you said, they agree probably with more and they disagree with less, but because Mm -hmm. they're lumping it all together, nothing's getting done. They're only focusing on the parts they disagree with. Right, right, exactly. And, and, you know, tossing things all into one big bill and say it's just a political strategy, right? And, you know, you're just, you're you're gonna strong arm, you know, a portion of your own caucus or, or, the other side of the aisle with you know all the things that are in the bill and they're going to have to swallow the things that they don't want right <laughs> and and the, those sort of things are i think a, a byproduct of, of the dysfunction that we currently have in, in politics uh, I, I don't you know i think there are a number of, of items that are sort of in our way in in moving the the, the country forward uh but that is that sort of uh gamesmanship right in in politics is uh something that they've uh that the two parties have gotten very very good at and and that's where they spend a lot of effort and a lot of time it's not you know i I think it's way too much (laughs) way way too much time on it right oh yeah we talk all the time about how it's it's television it's literally a television show because you know all these people who are are there in Congress and whatnot, like they know each other, they've worked with each other for years. And it's all just to keep up the facade of, hey, look, we disagree. So if you disagree with this person, vote for me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And and the, um, you know, I think the part of the um, 
the challenge that we have as um, you know, moderates or independents or third party or whatever you know you want to call um, us in the middle, right? It, it is that you don't have to disagree. You know, you don't have to focus on the, you know on that piece. We can focus on the things that we agree with, and it's not it's not sexy, right? It's not good television to to agree with everybody yes. all the time, and you know. But it is good good legislating, and it's good governing to get things done and move them forward. And and it's, you know, and that's the challenge, right? It is is that now everybody wants a fight. Everyone wants to see, you know, they want, you know, they're, they want, uh, you know, C-SPAN to turn into, you know, the WWF on, you know, the, yes. on the weekends, right? You know, just with their politicians. And, and it, that's, that's a problem. That, that's going to be a problem for us. We've got to try and find a way to, to, to pe- get them off the ledge there. And I wish we could really get back to, like you say, uh, you know, uh, legislating, right? So putting more of an emphasis on state rights, right? And what each individual state wants to do. Because right now it really seems like, let's just get the federal government, let's have all the power in the federal government and then legislate that way. Right? Mm-hmm. We always talk about, uh, what do we talk about? The, uh, the minimum wage. Yeah. And so we had a long discussion about the minimum wage. And what I ended up concluding was, each own state can come up with their own decision on what the minimum wage should be based on the cost of living for each state, rather than just trying to push a top-down federal government minimum wage across, you know, Midwestern states that don't necessarily need a $15 minimum wage to to survive. Versus like Florida, where cost of living is obviously much higher, so we might need that, so. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm I'm a big uh, proponent of, of moving more items out of the federal government into the into the state's hands. Um, I, I think there's certain departments like education. I, I think uh, housing. You know, uh, you know all, all the HUD. I think could get you know broken up and pushed into the individual states. Um, the Department of Education, obviously, and. Uh, those are just a couple things just just off the top of, of my head you know I, I there's discussions about you know whether the the, the VA itself should be broken up you know in into mm-hmm. individual individual states that gets a little dicey as you're dealing with the yeah. military at a national level and then trying to do it down but you know I, I think that you know it's all of those types of items that are just these gigantic uh, government programs that uh, that are challenged you know, there's there's one. It's one thing if you're a big giant federal uh, program that's doing well and, and you're uh, using the money wisely and such. And then there, and then there's another you know, side of it that if it's not happening, you know, maybe there's another approach. And uh, I, I'm all about bringing things closer to the the people that it affects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, DC is a long way away from a lot of folks, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and so I think moving that um, inside. Uh, to some of the states would, would be a, a great idea. Do you think there's some kind of educational failure almost on part of maybe the education system or the media when it comes to, if you look at younger individuals, it seems like they're, it's all about the federal government and it seems like there is a complete lack of awareness for your local and your state government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I I'm not sure if it's a, a failure at the educational, you know, level. Um, 
but but I, you know, it's a good place to start. I, I don't think it's a bad place to start, right? Yeah, because if you if you go see, you know, mayors, city council meetings, and everything like that, I mean, it it's not, not exciting, right? Where we're talking about zoning, we're talking about you know, just just very very basic. Uh, sort of government type items, right? Mm-hmm. But that is what you know drives every city in this in this country, and uh, you know those those sort of decisions have direct impact to those people that are living in in that city, and they can see that, and they can go and they can go discuss it in, if they want at that at that meeting. And I think those sort of discussions are in, are important. They they tend to be pointed. They tend to be um, much more uh, constructive. You know, conversations at, at that local level. Uh, when you when you're talking way at the at the federal level, it's just really difficult to um, to, to have a discussion um, about items because everything is so big and, and it's so broad. You know, you see these bills that come out with thousands and thousands of pages long. Oh yeah, because that's what you need in order for it to have the detail, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but who can actually you know you know, sort of take a digest that yeah, yeah who can who can ingest all of that and 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 really uh you know try to have a a decent conversation with it in a short time frame and so it, it is a challenge but um i i do think that there's not a lot of focus at at the um in the schools today about civic responsibility and about what they can do um uh, i i think a lot of um you know, folks coming out of you know high school and, and, and such just really don't have a real clear understanding of how the the, the lower uh, government pieces work you know everybody knows the, the the stuff at the top and what's going on in dc that's all over the place right and um you know but you're you're not getting a lot of uh uh twitter hits from your mayor yeah, you know, yeah. and your city council it's yeah. not happening so what you're saying is we should be electing more mayors and city councilmen who are really active on Twitter, and they can yeah. totally bash people online. That's right. That's right. You gotta get gotta get those folks a little more engaged at the at the yeah. social level and make it a little more a little more fancy, a little more uh, uh, more, more fun. Well, and I know for me too. Like when I had my political science courses in college. I mean, I know my professors basically told us, like, yeah, the two-party system kind of sucks, but if you don't do, you know, if you don't align with one of them, you're kind of wasting your vote. Like, that was the narrative that was pushed Mm -hmm. to me in a political science course. So, I mean, that and that's in higher educational liberal arts college. Like, you would think they would be pushing more like, no, 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 go and actually think about it and align with whatever party actually right. fits your alignment. But yeah. that's not the narrative. It, it, it's not the narrative. And, and you know, whenever I um, run across scenarios that just seem a little out of whack, you know, you know like that, it, you really just need to go and follow the money, right? You know, you, you look at a lot of the private, private um, you know, schools and even the public schools and, and, and such as where is their money coming from? And, you know, it's coming from... Uh, the, the the major donors and the two parties, you know, they they're not looking to shake things up at, mm-hmm. at a political uh, a political level, and that that comes across in the in the way that everybody gets taught. Do you, um, have you noticed over the last several years has the kind of the the middle ground, the the 
you know, the Reform Party or any of the other third parties? Have they been growing over time? And do you think in the future, um, does it look like there's a potential to have more third party candidates make it into, into office? Yeah, I, I, I will answer that question in, in two different ways. So I, I think that the, the number of parties isn't going to increase a lot. I, I think there's a, um, there, there's a decent amount of, of third parties across the, the, the country and they, they um, you know, so I, I'm not, I don't expect that to get really big by any stretch, but I do see them changing. Um, you see some, you know, third parties that used to be pretty active uh, 10, 20 years ago that are, you know, plateauing or decreasing. You look at like the Green Party, you look at you know, maybe like the Libertarians, they kind of go up mm -hmm. and down, right? And um, what we're, what I'm starting to see is, is more of a, instead of a single agenda item type third party movement like green party right all all about the uh environment and that's what we're about and you know that's what we're about and all of our candidates are about it and you know just that that's it right mm -hmm. that you're you're seeing much more activity in this sort of moderate zone and this is a it's a direct result of the polarization between the two parties the, the two major parties as they move farther and farther to the edges they're leaving a, a huge group of people out in the cold in the middle and they're looking for somewhere to go and, and that's where uh the alliance party is trying to put their foot in and and say here we're here as a moderate party we're not uh looking to drive you in a you know liberal side or a conservative side we're here to kind of cut the uh everything in right half and just go right down the middle with the things that we agree on the Unity Party. That's who we met with yes. last week. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your your answer yeah. helped me remember the, mm -hmm. the name because right. we both had a brain bubble. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, there's a couple. There's definitely a couple of those uh, that are you know you look at um, you know Sam uh, the, the Serb America movement. That's a very much moderate middle you know party that that's that's coming out and about right. And, and so we're starting to see a number of those uh, those sort of uh, moderate middle parties, not so much. Um, Single, single agenda item. I would like to see more moderates get into office, or moderate right. third parties, or or what have you. I, I just think it would help with the polarization and to show mm -hmm. people that you know you don't have to align with any one of these parties. Right, right. And I, well, of course, I do as well. I got to get in the game, right? And so it's hard for me to you know not to. Right, but right. the um, but for our general political. I think discussion and health as a, a country, I think it's something that we have to have. Um, the uh, you, you constantly staying, staring at each other across an aisle and just mm -hmm. yelling at each other every day is not a way to move the country forward. You can you just look in the past, you know, look, look in the past like 10 years, last 12 years, maybe even the last 20 years, right? And, and you just see a, a direct flip-flop of um move moving for different uh national type 
items. Uh, During the Obama years, you're going in one direction, you know, then then it flipped on over to Trump. Then we've got going in the total opposite direction. Everything that, you know, Obama had in place was all being dismantled and we're all moving. And now we got Biden that's in dismantling everything that Trump did. And then what their whole first year is about. And and, and that's all it is. Right. And Mm -hmm. the country as a whole is just standing still. And that will become, a, a, you know, we may not see it right now, but it, it's it. You're going to see it. It's going to eventually catch up with us. We're going to find ourselves, you know, behind um, all all of the other industrialized nations. We're just yeah, exactly. This is a conversation I had with my dad a couple months ago. He he brought it up, and it was so funny. Uh, because we were having the the migrant crisis at the southern border and I was talking to him he's like why is this happening again like we had this solved and now we're having it again and we and it just goes to show like for the last like 30 years or at least my entire lifetime the problems have not been solved like you said they're just flip-flopping the the crisis on the border the problems in the Middle East healthcare everything it just does not seem like we're progressing we're just stagnant on these these issues that we've been dealing with for the last mm-hmm. Several decades, right? And, and you know, when you look at other like major world powers, we sort of like get out from you know the Florida and, and the U.S. for a little while. We look, you look more globally, right? Where they're not um, democracies; they don't have term limits. You know, I mean, these folks are are in power for long periods of time, right? And so now they're all taking the stance that they just need to wait us out. You know, they just need to hang out, wait for another election to come through, and uh, we'll see if somebody else comes in and give us a better deal than whatever just you're peddling. You give know, us today. enough rope, and we'll eventually do it. Yeah, do yeah, what they're hoping it, for. Yeah, exactly. And so they, you know, they'll just play the wait game, and, and so there's no, uh, you know, it's hard to bring leverage to uh, a conversation, you know, when. You know, the other side knows that it's just, you know, if we, I just wait long enough, you'll eventually go away. I'll get somebody else to talk to. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and you see that with kind of like China. So if you look during the Trump administration, we were kind of like Trump was against China. Now you look at China now and it's like, well, Biden's a little more lenient towards China. Um, not like totally lenient, but it's a right, little more right. negotiation there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I think. And that never used to be the case, right? I mean, we, you know, the, the U.S. Was, was pretty consistent from a uh, foreign policy standpoint. E- no matter which you know, president was in, it was a fairly consistent message that was coming out of the, um, you know, the State Department and, and such like that. But it's just not the it's, Now it's totally not the case. I mean, it is, it is very different agendas uh, coming out. And, and that's a... I think that's a that's a concern, you know, for for us. I, we'll have to kind of see how it all plays, uh, but it is definitely a, a concern. And I think that would also kind of maybe upset national unity as well. I mean, I might be young, but at least I can still understand that. You know, during the Cold War, we had one enemy, you know, Russia, and we had that for many many decades. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, that policy did not really change, or that stance did not really change. It was we're against Russia and there was kind of that national unity around that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, um, you know, that, that is definitely playing into it. Right. Uh, and, and you know, but in, in general, our, our political discourse is setting us all up to have arguments with each other. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that's what it, it, it's all about right now. You know, the, the, um, 
the, the two major parties are, are both focused on that fight. They want the fight. It is done well for them. And they will continue to do things that bring it up. And, and so as long as they're the two major you know, parties, the news coverage will, will go to them. That's what we'll hear about. That's what we'll read about in the papers and, and, and such and so. But all of those things are all just piling on top of each other. And so then when you're, you're not talking with, you know, political wonks, right, like, you know, like us here, right, you know, the, 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 the average folks, you know, they're, they're just kind of browsing, you know, around and they just kind of grab political stuff you know, along mm-hmm. the way, they're not like focused on it. And that's the things that they hear, that they hear. And they, they, um, they adopt those, those positions. And, and so from a, um, from a, you know, how do we move forward? The, uh, you know, I think it's important that the, that we get another voice in the conversation somewhere so that uh, it stops the, uh, the, the, the bickering back and forth. And it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. I and mean, you look at the Senate right now at the federal level, right? You know, you got you one, you got one true independent, you know, in there, right? And the whole conversation is totally different. You know, no one has a majority. No one can do anything without going through the moderate in the room, right? And that changes a lot of dynamics. Uh, and so it is very, very possible to have a big impact with, you know, just a real small amount of, of, of wins. So sure. I'm a big fan, at least on paper, of like the ranked choice voting system. Mm-hmm. Is that something like that that you personally or, you know, the, the moderate parties, like, is that something you're big mm-hmm. proponents of or? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I think the, you know, talking about how do we get to a better place you know, politically, because even if you go through different rank choice, you know, voting, you know, the different areas that have it already, uh, you know, up in the, you know, the Northeast and mm-hmm. uh, even in, in uh, back in Minnesota, Minneapolis and St. Paul both have it for their okay. local races. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at those races as uh, in hindsight, uh, it's not a matter of that. Oh, all of the third parties are all of a sudden take over, you know, yeah. taking over the whole world, you know, because you have uh, ranked choice voting. It doesn't happen. It it, it just doesn't, right? Because there's still a need to have the majority of the voters, you know, voting for you, either in the first slot or the second slot. And there, and a lot of third parties are just not there yet from a, a, a the emergent into the the, the population. And, and so it, right now, ranked choice voting doesn't even really change a lot of outcomes. But what it does do is it allows folks to vote for somebody instead of voting against somebody. Exactly. And, and that is a major shift in the way that you go into your uh, into the ballot box. I would I, feel I, so much more comfortable voting for a third party if I knew mm-hmm. like, OK, Absolutely. well, you know, my second choice will will still be there. But mm-hmm. yeah, but at least I can make my voice heard. Yeah. You know, it's like I align, you know, uh, with, with, with you know, everything that I'm, I'm hearing out of the alliance party. I'm going to go ahead and put them in number one. But hey, if they don't get the, the, the majority, then I'm just going to go uh, into my my next choice, whether mm-hmm. that be you know the Democrat or the Republicans or maybe another third party. You know, it, it allows to uh, for you to vote 
with your uh, with your conscience, and instead of trying to vote with uh, you, know, you know what you're afraid of. Absolutely. So over the next 10 years, what do you think is the greatest threat that kind of faces our nation? Is it internal, is it external, or is it a, a mix of both? Yeah, I, I think the, you know, I don't think it's outside of the country, my, my, myself. Uh, you know, I think there is, um, you know, definite, there, there's definite threats outside of the U.S. I'm not... Pollyanna about it or anything. I think it happens every day, and then, mm-hmm. then the folks that are dealing with that and and handling it every day are are, are true patriot Americans trying to save us every single day, right? And I do think that's going to continue. I think you're going to see much more of a cyber warfare sort of um, activity start to come in. So we've got to you know be ready, you know, for that. But that that really isn't what my main what my main concern is. What my main concern is that we're unable to uh, really get along as, as as Americans any longer. That's what I'm really worried about in, in the, the next ten years. That we have we've moved to a place where we cannot have political discussions mm-hmm. it just random political discussions with friends with family you know i i you all have you've all seen this right where you've got friends or family that have come out over the last eight years that have totally surprised you yes. and they, yes. they they're and you're like are you what are you kidding me what you know and and those relationships are strained and, um, and and so we, we have to find a way to continue to be able to talk about those uh, type of items without, you know, wanting to, you know, kick our friends out of the house, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's the, 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 we have to find a way to do that. Um, now, that's a byproduct. That's not like the problem. The, the, the byproduct, right, is the, the, the two major parties holding on to everything and then continually to pepper, uh, perpetuating, you know, their control over uh, the, the, the electoral system, you know, from gerrymandering, you know, to uh, the, the how, who can vote, how they can vote, you know, all, all of those things are all set up to allow them to have their people vote with them. And, uh, you know, all the roadblocks we're seeing down in Florida here with ranked choice voting, that is just a, you know, it's just a knee jerk reaction to, (laughs) I don't want anybody else doing something down here. I just want what I got right now and, (laughs) you know, be able to to hold on to it. I'll just do some additional gerrymandering. I'll be able to get that district or I'll get that district over here. Um, you know, so I think, you know, those things will need to get, um, you know, handled. I also think that there's um, a, a big need for moderates to start speaking up. You know, moderates generally have been pretty passive over the last 20 years or so. You know, we just sort of hang around and we kind of come out on election day and we, you know, sort of all, all of a sudden kind of move the needle in one direction or another. It's time for that to stop. Yeah, you know, I think it's time for us to start, you know, standing up and realizing, you know, and start being much more of a, an active voice in politics and, and, uh, to start pushing everybody into the middle where, uh, more so and off of this edge that, that everyone seems to be uh, moving towards right now. And, uh, you know, a candidacy, you know, such as, such as yours, Jack, right, you know, is, is key. Um, I do think that third party 
or moderates can win in elections, especially at local levels, especially at the lower, you know, talk about state house, you know, all, all the state races and down, those are extremely doable for yes. a, a third party candidate with a, a bit of elbow grease, some coordination, some effort and a good message and just the willing to, to uh, that's sticking with it. You can, you can do it. It's, I've seen it, I've seen it happen. And uh, so we just need more of, of folks like you. I think I was born for this moment because <laughs> I have been stubborn my entire life. And like you said, right now, we need to someone to stand up and say, be the parent and be like, no, to the, mm -hmm. to the crazies on the left and the craziest on the right. Like, no, we're yeah. not doing that. We're not doing this yeah. anymore. You're right. done. Right. You know, it's time for us to start talking to our uncle mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving and yeah. telling him it's that you cannot do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to we're not going to do that this Thanksgiving anymore. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but then you're you know, you might have a boring Thanksgiving, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. That's right. That's Everybody's right, just that's, taking a nap you know, now. That's right. But now you can watch the football game. You know, yes, and, very true. Uh, with, with, with some uh, with some peace. So when did you start to notice like this shift in, in politics where it became a lot more divisive than maybe it used to be? Hmm. You know, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if I can pinpoint, um, you know, where it happened. I mean, I, I definitely saw it during the Trump administration, right? Everything mm -hmm. sort of spiked, but it was, it was even happening before then. Uh, and during the Obama administration, it started to definitely ramp up. And, uh, you know, whether the, the, you know, the, the country may not have been ready for an African-American president at that point, you know, in, in 2000. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, that the Obama administration made, you know, good strides in definite in areas and they made mistakes. You know, at the same time, I think they spent they, I think they spent way too much political capital on uh, on, on Obamacare and they should have instead done. The, uh, the infrastructure bill that Biden's trying to do now, and that mm. in 2000 would have passed without even you know a blink of an eye back in 2000 with uh, even with uh, the the Republican uh, House at that point you know jobs were in the tank there was like unemployment all over the place mm -hmm. there was a, uh, you know uh, we were still in the in the grips of all of the uh, 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 the housing market, you know, uh, crashes and everything, and so it would have been a great time to put America back to work back, back in, uh, in you know, back then, and uh, back in 2008. And so the, um, I, I think that's part of uh, one of the mistakes that that uh, that that administration made, and and sort of then became a. Um, you know, that one of the big bill, a huge bill like that, without any Republican, you know, support, that's, I think, may have been the, the, the beginning, you know, at, at that point. Um, I'm not saying it was all on the, the Obama uh, of side of it. There was definite, you know, uh, a definite plan on the other side as well to do mm -hmm. what they did. Right. right. But I, I, I think that may have been the, the, the point for me. Or I think I, I started to see things starting to get a little heated. I think for me, I, I would agree with you, but I, I also think that social media, 
might have a big effect. So mm-hmm. I was an ex- I was an Xbox kid. So I, I I grew up playing Xbox Live, and mm-hmm. we were vicious to each other. And now we're adults, and and right. we're on the internet. And oh my gosh, look out! So I, I think right. maybe that has a little bit to do with it too. Oh Just well, always. oh yeah. I mean, what social media has done, you know, for for both you know good and and bad, right, has made everything instantaneous. And and so we ha- we don't really have time to process anything, you know, mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, you used to be able, you know, you used to open up your newspaper at six in the morning, have your cup of coffee, and if you saw something that like jumped off the page, you know, you could tell your dog. You know, maybe your your wife in there, but it's not like you can go running around the neighborhood, you know, you flipping out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you just couldn't do it. Now it's just a couple of clicks away on your phone, and you blast up your entire Twitter feed, uh, you know, on on with whatever re- knee jerk reaction you have mm-hmm. to that article, and and so it's very reactionary, and, and I think those um, initial reactions are 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 not always great reactions <laughs> and so i think that that it sort of amplifies um all of that for sure so i have one last question all right make yeah. it make it a good one because we're getting getting so, a little long here but it's fine we're having a good what time what is the plan for 2024 for the alliance party Okay, that, that's a good question. Um, the Alliance Party has been, uh, you know, we're getting off the ground. We're not, a, we're not on a really old party at this point. We've only been around for a couple of years. We did run a, um, a candidate in, in uh, 2020 for, for president, which we were not planning on doing, uh, but it sort of you know, came out. And um, we spent a lot of energy doing that in, in 2020. It ended up being um, a pretty good uh, exercise. I think we're now ready to move into uh, 2024 and uh, make uh, another run uh, again. Uh, we get the right candidate who's uh, willing to uh, take the plunge. I, I think we'll definitely do that. We're also focused on Senate, um, Senate seats across the uh, across the country. Um, there's there's a couple of things we're trying to um, a- accomplish. Uh, you know, in in all of that, we're trying to build on the momentum that we had, you know, in in 2020, and uh, and then still uh, make some key uh, headline type of uh, wins, you know, somewhere around the country. I think that's going to be important for us. Um, but it is a long shot, right? I mean, it, it, we are still very new. We're still uh, putting together all of our positions and such. We have. Um, I think we are. We have um, uh, presence in about forty-four states um, across, the, if good. I remember right. Um, some are uh, much bigger than others. Um, some are much more established third parties that um, have joined, you know, than others. Uh, but you know, we're we're excited about that um, sort of breadth of. of representation across the uh, across the country and uh so now let's just see if we can put um you know uh, somebody in and i uh, gotta get a win you know it's all about getting a win somewhere um are you able to say which state you think you might have the the best opportunity for that or are you not allowed the, to say oh I, I totally can give you my opinion i don't know for <laughs> sure the um the biggest uh states for the alliance party from a structure standpoint is minnesota maryland and connecticut those are the some of the most well-established uh third parties we also have a, a fairly uh big third party presence in uh virginia 
And, and so I would expect that is one of those states where you're going to see because there those those uh, um, third party third parties have been around for 10, 15, 20 years. They are they were already running candidates before they jumped on to the alliance party, and so they they have a routine and they have a uh, uh, a cadence that they go through, and so they will they're known and they they will definitely continue to to do that and move forward. So I would expect if there's going to be a win somewhere, it's going to come out of there. And we wish Perfect. you the best of luck. Yes, Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, to you, to you as well. And we'll Thank be, you. Uh, you know, watching you very closely. I hope so. <laughs> um, and do you have any social media or website you'd like to shout out for anyone that's watching? Yeah. So we, we're out on Twitter um, at Florida underscore reform underscore party. And uh, so that that's where uh, I think you can probably catch us uh, easiest. We're also on Discord. Uh, as the Reform Party of Florida on uh, Discord, and uh, then the National Alliance Party uh, website is theallianceparty.com. Awesome. Very cool. Very nice talking Check with you. Check them out, guys. There and we go. will see you in the next one. See you right. next time.